Welcome to the Chaos to Clarity Show, where we help entrepreneurs unlock the next level of growth. I'm your host, Gary, CEO and co-founder of Whale, an online knowledge sharing and training platform for SMBs. In this show, we focus on actionable advice to 10x your business in just 10 minutes with been there, done that experts from across the globe. Welcome, everyone. With me on the show today is Thomas van Eekhout from Easy. How are you doing today, Thomas? I'm doing very fine. Thank you, Gary. All right. So, Thomas, why don't you start by introducing yourself? So just give us some context about who you are, what your role is, what business you work in, who you work for, and basically what problems you solve. Okay, so I'm Thomas, as you mentioned. I'm currently CEO of Easy. Easy is in Belgium. Um, IT services company, and we basically guide our customers in in their digitalization challenges. So that's basically what we do. And we do that with with different types of activities. We, on one hand, have a a set of standard softwares that we have developed and that we implement ourselves at customers. And we also manage and secure IT infrastructure, both on-premise and in the cloud, as it goes nowadays. Today, we have 450 people working at Easy. We've been growing at, at quite a pace the past couple of years. We have doubled the uh, number of employees in the, in the last three years. So that's basically what we do. Awesome. Perfect. So with that in mind, the context that you just share with us, what would you say is the one golden nugget of business advice that you've learned and you want to share with us today? Yeah. So I would go with the importance of making yourself replaceable. Basically, coming from the fact that, as far as I'm concerned, a company should never depend on individuals. So that would be my golden nugget that I would like to share today. Okay, I'm very, I'm very interested in, in, in learning how you make yourself replaceable in, in such a large company. So, you know, we like to go very practical with advice. So what are like the three to five elements that our listeners can do to really work on, on this specific topic? Mm-hmm. I think that the, the first and the most important one is, is give opportunities for growth to your people. Whenever people grow, basically your company will grow and you don't have to carry the entire load yourself. So I often say that I possibly have the easiest job in the company. Basically, 95% of, of the operational challenges are being tackled by by our people and not by me. And that is basically because we just push them to take ownership and responsibilities. So that really is very important. I think a lot of uh, of leaders, CEOs, HR people are talking about ownership. The question I often ask myself or, or that I like to ask them is, yeah, but do we really give them the possibility to take ownership? And I really believe that we have to, if we want people to take ownership, we have to make those possibilities as explicit as possible. You really have to allow them to take responsibility over their over their own careers. And as far as easy is concerned, we, we really don't do flat careers. That's just something that we don't have. I think 99% of our people are working towards a, a certain goal they're, they're learning a new skill, a new competence, a new responsibility. So that is something that allows us as a company to be in continuous movement and to always keep pushing and keep evolving. So that basically is, I think, the first tip is to, to give opportunities for growth to your people and to make that as, as explicit as possible. 
Okay. Could you perhaps give an example of how you make that explicit? Like, is there, has there been like recently someone who you've offered like this opportunity for growth just to give some context? Yeah, just something that, that we have done and that is really the, the main thing that, that allows people to take that ownership is we have, we have different levels throughout the organization. Um, every level is being described in detail. Not only what, what we expect people to do from an activity perspective, but also from a desired behavior perspective. I think maybe the most tangible advice would be to, to I'm going to get, make this very explicit as well. Um, so in, in, in our business, and I think in a lot of businesses, knowledge sharing is something that is crucial. If we don't share knowledge, then, then basically our company will depend on those individuals that have that specific expertise. So we want people to share their knowledge. On the very first level, from every junior inside of our company, we expect them to understand the importance of sharing knowledge. And that's something that we will evaluate at least once a year. Whenever people evolve inside of the organization, we expect them to become a driver behind that principle of sharing knowledge. So if you want to attain a senior level inside of our company, we expect you to come on a regular basis to come with initiatives that really push, that force ourselves to share knowledge. And that is something that is a principle that I really find very important in managing a business. Is we need to align our people's ambitions with the objectives we have as a company. And I think people that join easy, always quite ambitious people. They want to evolve. They want to see themselves make progress in their career. So just aligning their ambitions with the objectives we have as a company, I feel is, is a very healthy and a very fun way to basically realize what we want to realize. Love that. Obviously, the knowledge sharing part is something we yeah. bear close at heart as well. So I love that that connection there. All right. What's the second tip you've got for us? I often have that discussion internally and externally as well, but we need to reflect on the mission of a manager. And in too many cases, I have the feeling that managers want to be on stage. They want to take credit for the things that their team has been doing. And I often say that the mission of a manager is quite simple. It's actually to create a context where people can be successful. As far as I'm concerned, the ultimate goal of a manager, the ultimate achievement of a manager is to be replaced by someone from inside the team. And that doesn't mean that at that point in time, you need to leave the company. We really like to split teams always, or I'm very much convinced that we will achieve more with two teams of 10 people, for example, than just one single team with 20 people. Because um, if you have less people to manage, you will be able to go more in depth to, to have more quality in your coaching and, and all of those things. So really, the mission of a manager is to make the people in your team successful and not just to be successful yourself. So whenever we know that, I think we should also reflect on the, the qualities and the competencies that we are that we are looking for inside of a potential manager. It right. doesn't have to be the person that has the answers to all of the questions. It has to be the person that can facilitate and that can drive people and teams to, towards success. That's perfect. I think we do get hung up too much on that specific well, label of a manager and feel like we need to find all the answers and share the answers with our people while it's such a accelerator if you can 
facilitate your team in finding the answer and just offer the context in which they can do that successfully and with confidence. So um, absolutely love that. I would maybe like to add one thing. I think you, you remember that at a certain point in time, um, a year or two ago, Elon Musk uh, claimed that he spent entire weeks at the office uh, working mm -hmm. 24-7. And I, I really believe that that is something that is wrong with entrepreneurship. It It is basically, you shouldn't take credit for, for working long hours. You should take credit for, for uh, running a successful business without pushing yourself towards a burnout. I want to build a company that can be successful in 100 years, 200 years time. And that is basically what drives me. So if I want to achieve that, then I have to, then I have to change the way I work myself. And, and, and that is something that, that I would really like to add because um, working 24-7 is not the way to go. Okay, great. I think we've had two tips so far. What, what would be your third? And my third one would be that um, internal promotions are, are really something that that we need to that we need to foster. It really is the single most powerful thing that we achieve in doing at Easy because it's, it's the best way of strengthening culture and values and all of those things. And and as time goes by, I'm more and more convinced that the level where you have impact is basically middle management. It's the people that are coaching the teams, the people that are basically implementing the strategy. As a CEO, I can give the direction, I can give a, a certain vision and I can create a certain context. But where the magic really happens is the manager that onboards juniors. It's the manager that can coach and that can mentor basically the people in his or her team. And in my experience, it, it is the best way, as I said, to, to strengthen culture and values. And, and I'm always afraid when I see companies hiring managers externally because it has to be really frustrating to, to be working inside of a company and at a certain point in time, you get a, a manager that is coming from a competitor that is going to explain you how you have to do your job, the job that you have been doing for a couple of years. And it also is basically a claim internally that, that you basically admit that you, you don't succeed in building talent and, and in coaching people and, and in allowing people to, to take that next step in, in their career now. We, have, we haven't hired any manager externally since 2009. So all of our management positions have been filled in by our people. And it's not that we have open management positions. People basically just create their place inside of our management team because they build a business, they grow a business at a certain point in time. It's just it's just logical to, to have them join our management team. But we take very small steps. We start with functional coaching. We start with project management. And at every step, whenever we notice that we're not getting the results that we aimed for, uh, we can stay. We can take a step back. It's not a problem if you if and maybe it has been too fast. And we so we can take that. We can take a step back. And, there, and there's no harm in taking a step back. That means that whenever people actually join our management team, there is almost no risk anymore. They know that management and working with people is something that they enjoy something that gives them energy so we we have almost no risk when when they take that last step and in a lot of companies the step towards management is way too big and it's a very big risk it's a, it's basically a bet uh, that you do uh, with a potential impact that, that that might be quite important so what i'm hearing you say is that 
most of your strategy in making yourself replaceable is by doubling down on the employees that you take on board in your company because mm -hmm. you not only really make it very explicit on hey there's different ways you can grow in the company so if you have the ambition and i know that's the type of people you guys look for there is this explicit way and like hey if you want to move upwards this is how you do it and i really like that because we tend to say yeah you can always grow in our company but then it's to where what do i need to do what do i need to achieve which responsibilities are attached to it so i love that first tip to make it as explicit as as possible um love the context of the manager should there to facilitate that growth that that's basically all he or she should be doing mm -hmm. making this uh this fertile ground, if you will, and how you can get people to that next level if they want to get there. I mean, yeah. there's there's no issue with people like being in, in a certain set of responsibilities and stay there. And then even in those top level uh, responsibilities of being middle management or even management or C-suites, um, showing people that the path comes from starting a junior. And I know you started off as a junior and then at an up CEO. So you're the embodiment of your own uh, of your own system and showing them that this is a possibility because we like to push people towards those positions. And I think one thing you didn't mention, but I'm familiar with is, and I think it all ties it together is you've gone the extra mile by saying, hey, we'll not only give you the opportunities, will also make you a partner, will make you co-owner of the company by offering a lot of stock options. So if you maybe want to share a little bit of information there, because I think it is relevant also in, in making yourself re replaceable. And if we talk about ownership, this is the ultimate way of claiming ownership on a company. So feel free to maybe pitch in a little bit about that as well. Yeah. Okay, cool. So indeed, we have 100 shareholders. So one out of four, a little less, one out of four is, is, has invested in Easy and has become a, a co-owner. They have to put money on the table, so it's not stock options. They really have to invest. Yeah. And it has to hurt a little because it really has to be a, a conscious decision. They need to discuss with their wife, with their husband, with their kids, with their family. They, and it's something that, that I really like. And when talking about that ownership on that level, it's also about walking your talk. So all of the things that I have mentioned, it's, it wouldn't make sense to be the sole owner of the company and to have 100% of the shares. It wouldn't make sense because I'm not the founder either, but it just wouldn't feel right to claim all of the things that I've been explaining and then to not share the company. Um, so we need to, once we're convinced about things, or that's at least my take on it, once I'm convinced about those things, then I want to be, then I really want to walk my talk. So I force myself to do that. Um, so we did that with um, allowing people to become co-owner, but I'm also doing that by saying that I'm going to stay in this role for, for eight years maximum. At the age of 45, I want to take a step back and I want to allow some somebody else to take over the role of a CEO. It wouldn't make sense to, to claim that it is our company and that people can really evolve throughout the company and until that level of CEO. I want them to give that possibility. And it forces me to already today reflect on basically spot talent and coach people and, and give them that perspective of evolving towards our board and even towards that, that, that role of CEO. And we have 
different things or, or, or elements like that inside of our company. And, and as you mentioned, indeed, uh, the fact of, of having the possibility to become a co-owner is, is a very nice example that, that really, that also is, is, is a nice way to give recognition to people and to allow them to, or basically thank them for, for the commitment they have towards our company. Yeah, I think it, it all comes together if you see that your company keeps like year over year, I don't, I don't know how many years it's been, but keeps getting yeah. labeled best workplace in Belgium and Europe, I think always in top three, just as, as a great recognition, I think of that philosophy. It was an absolute pleasure having you on, Thomas. Thank you so much for sharing on this topic and hope to talk to you soon. Thank you, Gary. It was my pleasure as well. If you love the show, please pass it on or go to iTunes to leave a review to help other founders unlock growth in their business. For more resources, go to usewhale.io. Until next time.